This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, cheaters, it's a brand new NFL season and a lot has changed. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on the NFL every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com slash Blue Wire to sign up this year. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy players out there, which is basically all of you, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast brought to you by my bookie. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, there's only one thing here to say, and that is P is for Pookie. Now, uh, I think it was your wife who reminded me of the great Cookie Monster song. Mm-hmm. C is for uh, Cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now what starts with the letter P? Pookie starts with P. Let's think of other things that start with P. Oh, who cares about the other things? P is for Pookie. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Brandon, we have been doing this podcast. I I, I feel like I've been, I've been thinking recently about how, how long we've been doing this podcast for. We've had so many patron saints of the podcast, right? We've had uh, Dia Mercy and Bacani. We've had... Uh, who also played for Norwich at the time. That's true. We had we had Sam Vokes. We've had... Uh, uh, Poku, who never, even, who never even played in the Premier League, with lots, lots of lots of patron saints of the podcast. Lord Sorloff, maybe most famously, we went all in on Pookie last spring, 
And now uh-huh. the Pookie and the Pookie, the Pookie Revolution, Brandon, the Finnish Revolution has come yeah. to, to, to Great Britain, uh, to England specifically, it's, it's, to Western yeah, yeah. England, excuse me, Eastern England specifically. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's the patron who worked. Uh, we finally got one that worked. I don't know if that ruins the brand of the Always Cheating Patron, but we're, we're recording this on Sunday evening for all of you out there listening, all you FPL managers, and it's before the last match of the game week, Manchester United, Wolverhampton. I guess Wolves are hosting Manchester United tomorrow mm-hmm. night. And do you have anyone left to go in your in your squad? Or are you all out? Because I'm all out. Yeah, I've got 10 out of 11. I have uh, Diego Jota playing tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it's a very interesting match. You know, I, I we're going to try to be really consistent this year and just record on Sundays, release on Mondays. I think it's, you know... It's just it's just easier, and I think you know unless the match is huge, right? If Liverpool are playing Man City on a Monday, obviously we're going to wait to do it then. But you know, most people are ten or eleven out there, you know, th- somewhere in that range. I think it's fine to go ahead and talk about the week a little bit. People can start planning. There's also a Friday kickoff this week too, so um, you know, even though there are still matches to play, I think people are. I have actually already made transfers this week, so we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, I have burned four on a Sunday, which I'm not sure I've ever done before. <laughs> so that is big news. That we could talk about in a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but I mean, I, I actually, I mean, it's, it's funny that I've done that too, because I am actually having a great week. Um, I am on 63 points right now. Um, I went all in on Pookie and I just on the podcast, but in my own team, I brought him in uh, before game week two, I uh, was rewarded with a hat trick, which was amazing. I was actually, I met up with you at the black horse uh, a little bit later. We actually met up with some of our, uh, some Patreon folks too. And, uh, I was glad that I was alone when those pokey goals were scored because I needed to celebrate fully. And I would have had to try to be cool if I was like around other people. Uh, and instead, I was like jumping around the room. I was picking my daughter up. We were both very excited. It was, it was a great. This is so, this is so magnanimous of you, Josh. I, I love this. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you about it later, but I didn't want you to see it in real time. So, but I had, I had Pookie. I had. Boy, you should have been there. What a time we had <laughs> celebrating those yeah. goals. I wish, I really wish you could have been there. Yeah. Uh, so I have uh, Dean Henderson as well. And then Lucas Dean. So uh, those are kind of the three players. And, and I kept in Sterling over, over Salah as well. So I, kind of staked out a bunch of big positions uh going into this game week you know that i was gonna i was gonna go with henderson i was gonna go with pookie um that i thought you know sterling was a better captain salad not as not as big of a difference as i thought it might be after he scored an early goal uh but sort of everything like really clicked this game week and so um yeah on 63 with with Shota to go um right now i'm on a uh over 500,000 spot rank i'm i'm now ranked 27k overall so uh, that's a nice, nice place to be after two games. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I mean, if all the Man United assets go off, I'll probably be back in the, you know, two million range or something. But uh, it feels good mm-hmm. to uh, have to be in a good spot right now. And you've actually had a pretty good game week too. Have I? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't call it a, a good game week. It, it's decent. It seems like a bit, a bit of a corrective from last week. Ninety-eight points was kind of an explosive way for me to start the season, and now I'm twenty twenty points behind you with forty-three, and I'm all out and. I didn't actually drop that far in the overall ranks. I went from around 75K. I'm now at 89K. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those weird game weeks for me where it feels like nothing really went wrong per se, but at the same time, nothing went right. Right. So I'm, I'm looking at my out my attacking output, and it's pretty abysmal. I got a goal and no bonus from Sterling. I captained Salah with three points right. and I got six points from Josh King. Now when Josh King scores that penalty 
uh, two minutes into that Bournemouth match, I'm feeling great because yep. I feel like anyone who owns Josh King just owns King and is up against the Wilson Fraser double up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that just seems to be uh, what I see most when I'm looking at rate my teams. So I was feeling great there. Uh, and then I just watched Che Adams, which hindsight being what it is, I had the option to just throw Lundstrom into my back line and put Adams on the bench. Right. Of course I should have going up against that Liverpool defense, but Jay Adams actually looked quite decent yeah, and had a number of and really good chances. Liverpool defense looked quite shaky. So, I mean, it certainly could have worked out in your favor. Um, you know, I think he had a couple of – did he have like a big – I don't know if it was a big goal chance or big assist chance early on, but I feel like he uh, he did look dangerous for sure. Yeah, so um, – and then the Harry Kane gambit, it continues into game week three, and I think that you and I can talk together for once about Harry Kane. Yes, uh, yes, we can. Yeah, so you've been following our our Twitter page. Yeah, so we can talk more about <laughs> that later. I am I am very online, I think is what you call it. <laughs> champion champion lurker, I think we'll call you. Yeah, yeah. So when we get to the game week three preview, I think I have to point to my my problem spots, but I just really don't know where to take this. Yeah. squad right now so we're gonna we're gonna get right into the podcast in a second this is not gonna be one of our one of our famous long intros um i just while we're talking about our scores brennan uh dj newton said uh josh could you please explain your move to pookie and how much of it was a knock-on effect of brandon leaving you behind in game week one it's funny he framed it that way because in some ways the move <laughs> the move to pookie was was really a byproduct of what I thought was a very bold move on your part in game week one and a refusal to sort of bow to uh, like the right way to play or whatever, you know, and you were just like, I want to have this this team and this is what I, you know, this is how I want it to look and I don't really care what anybody else thinks. Uh, and that's sort of how I felt about Boogie. There was like this feeling like, yeah, you could, you, you know, like um, you could just hold and you could be patient with Elefeu or you could just just do it just bring in the player that you want and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't i'm writing that down josh just do it that maybe that we should put that on a t-shirt i mean you know like again like we there's this word that if you if you haven't like you know been doing premier league fantasy for a long time you may not know if you do it's a word you've gotten very sick of but there's this word called differential you know which is basically um a player that is uh that has low ownership who, um, you know, you can, you can climb up the rankings because you get on them, uh, early on. Right. And then, um, like a differential only actually lasts for a couple of weeks, right? Because as soon as, uh, they do well, everyone starts to bring them in and then they're just a regular good player that everybody has. Um, you know, it's one of the things that separates the fantasy game from something like draft, you know, like if a player is good, everyone can have them. Um, and so, you know, the whole like kind of trick, and I think really the fun of the game, uh, is try to get on those players early when you can, you know, and, um, especially when you're doing it at the margins, you know, I feel like if you can, you know, making transfers with those like kind of the eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th best players in your team, or the kind of like the, that, that like slot value, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I think is really where a transfer can, uh, uh, can, can make a big difference without kind of wrecking your structure or putting you in a position where if somebody does really well, it's going to hurt you. You know, like if, if Delafeu did well yesterday, it still wasn't going to hurt me really, you know, um, cause his ownership is pretty low as well. Uh, if I had moved, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Mo Salah to fund my Pookie move or something, then yeah, that would be, that'd be sad for one thing. If I had to like fund Pookie <laughs> through selling Mo Salah, but let's say I did, uh, then yeah, uh-huh. that could possibly hurt me, you know? So, uh, that was really it. I was, I think I was emboldened by your boldness, Brandon. So, um, you inspired me, buddy. That's great. I, I stood and I delivered, uh, <laughs> and that's incredible. Yeah. 
I thought I thought the Sterling captaincy on your part was a bold move as well, though I was actually shocked to see close to 50% of all FPL managers in the top 10K, mm-hmm. uh, which the top 10K, I don't even know what that amounts, after one what week. that means yeah. after one game yeah. week. Yeah. However, with 50% of them going with Raheem Sterling, I was kind of surprised by, of course, in the viewing you did see that Liverpool were lagging a bit mm-hmm. post Super Cup match, yeah. and to see Sterling score so early against Spurs, I was really kicking myself. But I did feel like my prediction that I threw out on the Patreon kitchen table session was somewhat accurate, and that it turned out to be more or less a wash between right. Salah and Sterling. And Salah did have that one uh, breakthrough where he was right in on on goal and just. flubbed his chance yeah totally i mean this is the thing about fantasy is that like you know it's one you know he hits that ball a little bit higher or something and the narrative changes completely you know and like it's you never really know i mean you know sterling scored that goal and he really wasn't very active after that i don't i don't feel like i remember him having a amazing chance after he scored that goal like maybe he um you know had a couple of assist chances or something but i you know i feel like he had a couple shots blocked maybe but it wasn't like uh he was incredibly dangerous after that. So, I, you know, in the end, six points versus three. I feel like no one's season is ruined by it, whether you went with Sterling or, or Salah. How's this for a big transfer, Josh? I dropped Gilbert from uh, Villa for Lewis Dunk. <laughs> yeah. And um, in all the action in that uh, midday slew of fixtures with Pookie getting his hat trick, mm-hmm. I kind of missed Brighton uh, bailing on their clean sheet. I should so I had I been tracking that game a little more closely, uh, West Ham Brighton, I would have been more disappointed. But Dunk, being the hedge knight that he is, came through with one bonus point. <laughs> that was nice of him. Yeah, that's like getting an yeah. assist. You know, that's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, an assist and nothing else. So thanks for that, Lewis Dunk. All right, Brandon. Well, the theme of this week's podcast as uh, our is our I'm not sure what the right grammar is. Our players we overlooked in the preseason. Okay. We've got a lot yeah. of them. It's 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 game week three, and we are already fully into wild card time, right? Mm-hmm. And why and why do you wild card? It's because there are about forty different players that you didn't consider, whether because you didn't really know who they were, or because their first couple of fixtures were bad, or they were injured, or coming back from the African Cup of Nations, or whatever. And now, or they were like 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 Sun, they were suspended to the first two games, uh, and now it is time to bring in those players, and you kind of want to have all of them at once, and. Now is, you know, now is when people get sort of getting excited about pulling the trigger on that wild card. So the theme of this podcast will be players we overlook. We're going to look at forwards, midfielders, defenders, and goalkeepers. Uh, just quickly before we do, Brandon, I want to uh, say thank you to all of our new uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, we had a ton of them this week. We're going to read them again uh, near the end of the podcast. Uh, but a, a special thanks to uh, to all the Patreon supporters. Uh, we started a new uh, – so if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, we started a new channel this week, which is Ask Josh and Brandon Anything. Right. And uh, we had like a hundred comment thread about cheese. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, There's a lot of fantasy talk in there as well. And uh, I, I want people to ask me about movies, Brandon, because I am secretly um, I am secretly a, a hardcore film nut. And uh, I, don't, I don't like the chance yeah. to talk about you, that. You share enough. this with you share this with James Richardson, who for a while tried to get his movie review content <laughs> off the ground and it just didn't take. But yeah, it's almost it's like I'm not a professional ever. and no one wants to hear what I think about that. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it's fun to talk about. Yeah, so it, it's it's important for us that if you're a Patreon member, you have direct access to me and Josh uh, yes. more for our our banter and our hot takes on Quentin Tarantino than for our, our advice on Pookie. But <laughs> right. yeah, if you're interested in the Slack or a bonus podcast every week before the game week deadline, just visit patreon.com slash always cheating for more information. All right, Brian, let's get into the pod. Brandon, we're back. Part one, players we overlooked in the preseason. Uh, and when I say overlooked, I mean, you know, obviously we all these players we talked about or we thought about, but for one reason or another, we did not have on our squads early on in the season. In some cases, they're players who I just had no opinion about at all, like Troussard, the uh, amazing mm-hmm. double goal scorer, only one counted Troussard uh, yeah. from, uh, from Game I tried two. to have an opinion about him, but uh, I, I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. So it's it's pretty tricky to yeah. have an opinion he about someone. He didn't look like I thought he was going to look, you know? He kind of looked like Stuart Holden, you know, the American uh, announcer slash former player. I don't know. Oh, he's, sure. Yeah. He's got the like the blonde highlights thing going on bit. there. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. kind of a compact player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so, Brandon, uh, we're going to talk about – we're going to look at forwards, midfielders, defenders, and keepers. Normally, we'd go back to front, but I think we'll start off with the fun ones. We'll start off with the forwards first. But uh, opening question here from Paul Whitehouse. He says, lots of players being transferred out after this weekend's games. Uh, is, are two games really enough to decide if you've made a mistake and need to make changes? Mm-hmm. Classic fantasy yeah. question. Yeah, I'm struggling with this myself with players like uh, Iozzi Perez and Che Adams, who I mentioned earlier. And those are the two players in my squad who have yet to produce any type of output whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I'm even looking at my bench like Lundstrom is coming in and providing bonus and goals and clean sheets. So, yeah, when when do I say when with these players? Now, Perez is is an interesting case because. I don't know, we've seen him do great things in FPL in earlier seasons, whereas Che Adams is just young and does does Adams have to develop more in his game? Whereas mm-hmm. Perez, you're like, he just needs to bet in more right. with Lester. Right. Uh and I don't know. Two games, it's 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 not enough, surely, to make a confident decision. I think if that's your if your management style is to move fast, then yes, I think two games is plenty. Yeah, I think so too. And I think I used to be more patient and now I, I'm not. And I think it's, it's, it's actually a lot easier. I, I think a, a game week three wildcard was uh, a lot riskier before they moved the transfer window, you know? And I think now that the transfer window closes before uh, the season starts, I mean, we kind of know who's on these teams, right? I mean, you have someone like Sunyoku, the, um, 4.5 million Leicester center back who looks like he's mm-hmm. probably going to start most games, right? I mean, it's, you know, I, yeah. I did, yeah, I guess Wes Morgan is still on the team, but I don't think, I don't, I mean, he's like, you know, he's, I mean, beloved player. I think he's still the captain, but yeah. I mean, he's not going to be. Uh, I think he's been yeah. promoted to bookkeeper at this point. Yeah. For Lester. So someone like him, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, let's make the, make the move, you know, go for it. And I think, um, uh, I don't know. So I, I think that like you, you sort of know where you stand with certain players now. And I don't, I mean, there's, I'm trying to think of who I still even have like massive questions about. I mean, there are some people like yeah. like Pepe on uh, Arsenal. I, I want to see more of. Um, you know, I guess uh, Chelsea, like that entire team, Man, Man United, a little bit of a question mark. I think we might know a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, but I mean, even like Man United, even they're like they feel a lot more stable, and I feel like I have a better sense of where I am with that team um, now that Paul Pogba is going to stay. Right? I mean, he alone makes that makes that team 
it's going to hum a lot more than it would have right yeah, without right, it. Right. Yeah. Even more, I agree. And even more than, than form and fixtures, what we know after two game weeks is who's playing, who's going to start. Right. And that's uh, a big leg up. So even if you have a player on your team who isn't producing, but at least, you know, they're locked into the starting 11, right. that's a good sign. And maybe that does warrant a little bit more patience. That's what's so vexing to me about Brighton right now is Graham Potter seems to have so many options yeah. in the attacking midfield. And I'm still not confident, like just having Trossard coming in this week, I'm still not confident at what that best starting 11 is. So that that's where it starts to get yeah. a little tricky. It's true. There's still a little bit of risk involved, although Trossard played so well. I mean, you, you can't just... You can't like, I don't know. I mean, I realize he only scored one goal that counted, but like, yeah. there's no way that guy's right. going back on the bench, right? After performance it's, it's like that. I should, I should, yeah, I should uh, clarify, not specifically Trossard, sure. but other, other players around him right. who, I mean, the, the myriad strikers that Potter has, uh, that's Andone and Murray. Right. Uh, yeah. I understand what you're saying. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. So, I mean, that's why for me, even though I am, uh, I'm having a really good game week, um, and as I, as I sort of discussed earlier, I, 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 do you want me to go on about it again or should I just keep, no, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, but I am, okay. I am really, Great. <laughs> I just fast forwarded right to this point. So we're good. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm really considering a wild card. Um, I, there's a lot of things I want to change about my team. And if Lucas Dean, really? yeah, I mean, if Lucas Dean is injured, then, um, I think I'll probably just do it, uh, because, um, I don't want my, my Bournemouth players. Um, I, not sure I really believe in Jota, um, especially once this Europa League, you know, kicks off. Um, I don't really want to be doubled up in the Liverpool defense right now. Um, I would consider going from Salah to Mane. Um, you know, my bench needs to get improved a little bit as well. Um, you know, it looks like Diego Rico is not going to be a starter in that team anymore. Um, I've got Leitner, who, you know, I'm not like really a believer in either. So, I mean, I feel like there's like a lot of... Uh, I could easily change six or seven things in my team, you know, um, mm-hmm, and, yeah. uh, um, you know, and so that's wild card time. Yeah. yeah. And so while I, you know, maybe, maybe not that many, let's say five, you know, but, um, I, I think there's this idea that like, you know, just cause you're having a good game week that you can't wild card and why not? You know, I mean, it's like, I go from mm-hmm. strength to strength, right? Like just, you know, I mean, I, I guess this idea that like in game week eight or something, you're going to want to have a completely different team, but um, maybe now is the time, you know, like, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe I just lucked into a better game week than I should have had, you know? And, yeah. um, and I'm sort of, uh, I need to move now, you know, in order to sort yeah. of, um, uh, what's the word, like kind of like, uh, lock in those gains or whatever, you know? And right, so right, right. anyway, sure. yeah. Do you want to, regarding Lucas Dean, do you want to hear one of these stranger, uh, injury assessments from Marco Silva? Sure. Yeah. He's, he, he says, quote, we hope it's nothing really special. He started to feel a bit more tired, mm-hmm. and he gave me the sign for me to make the change. So clearly he had something going on with his leg or his muscle, but the the diagnosis is he was tired. But then Silva hopes it's nothing really special. So I yeah. love the idea that Silva thinks that injuries are special things, and that's <laughs> wonderful to me. So we really yeah. don't know anything about what's going on with Dean's injury at this point. We really don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't really. I mean, I guess we'll we'll know more before Friday. They're, they're actually they're, that's actually part of the concern with him is that they are the early match uh, on Friday. Uh, so even if it's nothing, because there's the turnaround is so fast for them that. 
uh, you know, maybe they don't, maybe they don't. The, the problem, the, I, the, he might, I think he most likely will play. I mean, I guess we might even know more by tomorrow, but um, apparently Leighton Baines uh, had an injury and he's like just back in training. So um, they would maybe have to go to a third string um, fullback mm-hmm. if they didn't play Dean. And that feels like going pretty far down the depth chart uh, for a road match. You know, maybe if you're at home, but I feel like if Dean is okay to play or even close to it, he'll probably play um, game eight three. Yeah, right. Okay, so you're considering your wild card. That's a perfect segue for us to get into these overlooked players. Starting with the forwards, uh, what about Ashley Barnes? Uh, this guy, uh, we... In our preseason coverage, we were enamored of Chris Wood. Right. For whatever reason, I just had this gut feeling that it was going to be Chris Wood's season. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was in that tempting 6.5, or he still is in that tempting 6.5 price point. But yet again, Ashley Barnes, the Austrian wonderkind, he continues to score and score and score. How can we deny this man a spot in our FPL team? It's a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a little fluky to a degree. I mean, he's um, how many years has he been in the Premier League now? This is his fifth season in the Premier League. Um, you know, last year he scored 12, 12 goals, which is, uh, I mean, I guess you could argue that he's improved every season, right? He had uh, six goals in 17, yeah. 16, 17, uh, nine goals the season before last, and then 12 goals last season, right? So he's added three. So based on a mathematical property, Brandon, he should have 15 goals this season, right? Uh, just taking mm-hmm. along with three. And eventually he will score 50 goals in a season. It may take him, you know, whatever that comes out to 12 seasons or something, but he'll, sure. do, he'll do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, I mean, he's already in three already, right? So all he has, yeah. So he, it looks like he's going to be a double digit scorer this season. I, I'm not like, I don't know. I mean, the Burnley's fixtures are okay. I mean, what I, I've actually felt like I, I feel like I'm not answering your question. Uh, I, I mean, is Ashley Barnes a fundamentally different player than he was last season? That seems like the answer is no. Yeah, uh, correct. Yeah. Yes. They play Wolves. For whatever reason, I... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry. Go. Uh, well, I was just going to say, before you get into the fixtures, I just so closely associate Barnes and Burnley with their late season runs. And Barnes always seems to enter into the conversation around game week 28. Mm-hmm. So I'm not used to Burnley. I mean, the last season especially, I'm yeah. not used to Burnley being so attacking to start with. So it's like I'm not ready for it's like, Ashley Barnes. It's like a yet. Jose Perez, right? Where it's like like he's always been like a second half of the season guy. And now you're like, wait, I've got to yeah. have him from the start. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Burnley's fixtures, right? Wolves away, Liverpool at uh, at home. Then things start to look much better for Burnley in game week five Mm -hmm. with Brighton, Norwich and Aston Villa. So maybe you keep your powder dry with with Ashley Barnes for another few weeks and then jump on. Got my my boy McNeil, by the way, I know we're not talking about uh, midfielders yet, but I thought he looked excellent uh, in that Arsenal match. I thought he really played. I think I might have said the Chelsea match. I'm in Arsenal, of course. I thought he uh, really acquitted himself well in that Arsenal match. I don't know if you watched all of Arsenal. Burnley. I did watch the match. McNeil honestly didn't stand out that much to me, but um, agree, I, agree I, I wouldn't say uh, I'm not going to agree to disagree. He just didn't. I'm not saying he played badly. He just didn't stand out to me that much. All right. Agree to disagree. We move right. on. Well, let's let's just I just want to say one more thing about that fixture swing between game week four and five. Mm-hmm. That's the the international break. The first one of the season happens after game week four. Mm-hmm. And that is like the the heart of wild card season. Right. So if you think you can make it to the end of game week four 
and you wildcard then over the international break, then it's Burnley time. Yeah, I think uh, possibly. I, honestly, I have I have Pope right now, and that almost feels like that's enough. Uh, I mean, am I really like am I so convinced that Burnley's back that I want to double up on their defense? I feel like we've just seen time and again this season already that doubling up on defenses is not like a, an effective strategy. You know, it's like it just it's so you need to spread the risk around, you know, like I, I feel like it's like, maybe it's like a more effective, I, I guess I feel like I need someone like more stat based to look at this, but it feels like it's a more effective strategy, like the second half of a season, right. When like yeah. teams seem to like kind of lock in and they're either just rolling the way like Liverpool and Man City did last season near the end, or uh, they're surviving. Right. And they're winning a bunch of one nils and things like that just to like, you know, there's just to like pick up even one point or, you know, or, you know, one point, you know, one point or three points, like just like, you know, clamp down uh, and he got a win. Um, but it feels like yeah. early on things are a little, little more loose, you know, so, right, yeah, right. I don't know. OK, so Marcus Rashford, another player that we didn't talk a whole lot about in the preseason. Right. And now after that Chelsea win, a lot of people jumped on Martial and Rashford. I, I'm very confused at how Ole decided to play the natural left-sided winger Martial through the middle and then push his best striker in Marcus Rashford out to the left. Right. That's a curious it's one. It's like a half-inverted winger thing. or something. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Uh, but I think yeah. on the whole, I, I am finding the Ra- finding Rashford to be more appealing than Martial, just because Martial has never been able to really put a sustained run of uh, attacking returns together where Rashford has, and mm-hmm. he seems to have, I think, more chemistry with Paul Pogba. Yeah, but uh, the the eight point five price point seems only. A downgrade for me from Kane to Marcus Rashford. Um, I haven't seen enough of Manchester United to make that call yet, but that 8.5 price tag is a hard one to shift into, I think, given a lot of people's team structure. Yeah, and if I were to wild card this week, which I, I don't think I'm going to do, but I, I, I don't mind if I do. I, I don't I, I don't like have a week in mind when I really want to do it or anything like that. And I think it's fine to do it early um, just to just to capitalize and get ahead of some price rises too. Uh, I mean, part of the reason I would do it would be to get some of these Man United, uh, like get a Man United defender. Right, because they they have a really nice run of fixtures after game week two. Right, they play Palace, Southampton, Leicester, and West Ham. The, the next four after that, so uh, just yeah. something to think about. Uh, but yeah, like Rashford, I don't know. I mean, the kind of like I don't love that he isn't really playing as. I, mean, I guess you could say they're playing multiple forwards up front, uh, but you know he's still being shifted out left. You know, it's like the way it happens with Aubameyang sometimes, where um, you don't really want them. You, you want your forward to be like camped out, right. You know, like at the edge of the box and, uh, you know, or, or whatever. I mean, obviously it depends on the style yeah. of play, but, um, I don't know. Like, does that, is it, that doesn't bother you at all that he's kind of like, like, you know, off to the, off to the left. I, well, let's see, let's see what happens. Is that going right. to be the way it goes for the entire season? Right. I think if United come up to against any obstacles, which surely they will, Oli will change the system around as need be. Yeah. I would not be shocked to see Rashford playing through the middle um, in numerous starts before the end of the year. Yeah. So uh, I know you're not that, like saying, that's my guess. I know, I know you're not like looking to transfer him in or anything like that, but you know, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do get that. I, I feel like a, a minion, a defender is the thing I'm more, most interested in. I'm also sort of interested in it as like a, just as like a defensive situation because I'm a little, I'm, I'm getting a little concerned about the ownership level for some of these players, you know? Um, 
you know, Juan Basaka is already up to, yeah, he's 36% owned already. He's kind of wow. like one of the 10 yeah. most owned players in the league. Uh, so if they start keeping clean sheets, that is going to be a massive overall rank killer. So, uh, and Liverpool's defense is looking kind of shaky right now. So moving like Arnold to Shaw or something. When we get to the defensive section of overlooked players, maybe I, I think it was fun. We were ranking some of the overlooked defenses at the black horse on saturday yeah let's talk more about that that sounds good but uh last last on the forwards we have a question from nervous ned pookie is playable in all games if he can score against liverpool at anfield he shouldn't fear chelsea or even man city therefore is he now a must own if we haven't talked about pookie enough yet josh are you feeling like pookie is a must own for everyone out there Uh, um He's like borderline, I would say. I, I mean, I don't, like, okay, like wh- why why would he be, right? Well, why would he be? Because uh, he was a 30-goal scorer in the championship last season. It seems like he was, uh, you know, great form all season. Also linked up well, picked up a number of assists. Uh, he has a body that would seem to lend – like unlike Tammy Abraham, who I still worry is like too tall and skinny to be a great forward in the Premier League, Pookie kind of seems like he has like the stature to be a good – to like hold like to just like physically hold off defenders, right? He has he has that Sergio Aguero sort of um, he's filled out in the middle that center of gravity that he seems to right. have command over. I totally agree with you. I would even liken him, well, not in that way because physically he doesn't resemble Raúl Jiménez, but Puki has the makings here of a Jiménez esque run from last season. Yeah, and. Was Jimenez the best striker in the Premier League? No, not by a long shot. But was he uh, the best value in your front line for fantasy? Without a doubt. Yeah. And I think uh, he made so many game weeks last season. And Puki, I mean, after two game weeks, it seems silly to say he will, but it seems likely that he's really going to push a lot of managers over that finish line. Yeah, and I feel, I still feel like there's a real edge in having him. I mean, like, you know, if you're on Twitter or wherever like you know you 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 would think that his ownership is shot up to Erwan Basaka levels but it's at 12.6% right now i mean this guy is not like if you pick him up it's still going to be a huge advantage for you now the the caveat here is that they do play Chelsea and Man City in two of the next three so you know there, you know, one would not expect him to have like another hat. Like it's not, obviously he's not going to score a hat trick every, every game week or even score every game week. Uh, and so there are a couple t- tricky runs of fixtures right now. So, you know, if you feel confident in the rest of your team, or maybe you've got like a, uh, you know, like a four, five, one kind of setup they're using or whatever, then maybe you could wait. But you know, the problem is he's already up to 6.7. I would not be surprised if he actually rose at least once, if not twice this game week. Uh, you know, there's a chance he has 6.8 or 6.9. Uh, and he's just probably, he's going to keep climbing. And so it's, you know, they're, they're moving early on him might be a real advantage, especially because, um, I actually feel pretty confident about him going to that Chelsea fixture. Uh, I feel fine about the West Ham game in, Man- in game week four. Maybe I try to bench him in game week five at home to Man City, although he did score at Anfield. So, I, you know, I don't feel um, too nervous about that one. And then they've got a really nice run of fixtures after that. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, let me turn around. Like, what do you think? Are you do you want to have him in your squad? Like, are you what's your what are your feelings on Timu Pukki? Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I don't want to be too reactionary, but I think, uh, you know, both you and I trust our eye test pretty well. And yeah, it was he Norwich had one chance and they took it against Liverpool in game week one. Mm-hmm. And it was just 
taken expertly by Pookie. And then to see him just absolutely rout Newcastle, all three of those goals. It wasn't a a fluky hat trick. That was so that quality, was, like a professional Premier League forwards yeah. hat trick. I agree. Yeah. There is, you know, there is a shred of a, a shred of doubt in that. I don't know if I truly, I don't know this. I don't know how cosmic this is going to sound, but do I really know this Norwich team in the Premier League yet? Sure. And remember Huddersfield. Uh, I don't know if they uh, their first season up, which was like what two seasons ago, and they smashed. Maybe it was Palace in the first game week, and. Everyone thought, oh, is is Huddersfield the team? Now, Huddersfield at that time didn't have a pookie-like striker. Right. But is Norwich just burning super hot right now and that they're going to cool down in a moment? Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, the team I was thinking of uh, was was Hull when they came up a couple of seasons ago. You know, and they had the, like, that 3-2 win over Chelsea, and I think it was game week one, uh, and then proceeded to, you know, get be relegated in March or whatever. Um yeah. So it's possible. I mean, the one thing that, that that's been said about Daniel Farks Norwich is that they do attack, you know, like that is what they do. They are a like super attacking, aggressive team. Um, I don't see them keeping a lot of clean sheets this season, but I do see them scoring a lot of goals. And from a fantasy point of view, that's fine. You know, um, give me one or the other, you know, I mean, Sheffield United's kind of yeah. the other end of the spectrum. Um, and it's like, great. Like, give me two of those guys, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I play them every week, but, you know, they're cheap. Um, well, yeah. I, I think that's a good point because if I look at my squad with Che Adams, South, if I don't know Norwich, I do know Southampton and I know them enough now to know that they don't seem very confident in what they're doing. Whereas Norwich clearly, Fark has a very clear idea of what they're going to do when they get out on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah if you offered me the opportunity to swap Josh King or uh, Che Adams to Pookie right now, I'd take you up on it. Do you think that Daniel Fark has forgotten more about football than you'll ever know? I think he's a psychopath. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, midfields, uh, midfielders. Uh, Brennan, I have a question for you. Is the 5.5 million to 6 million midfielder the new 6.5 million to 7 million defender? It may be. I mean, it's... I think it's a fun bracket for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. And I think FPL has taken the premium defender and sort of zapped all the fun out of it. It's like, <laughs> okay, now I have to have these expensive defenders and they, yeah. they'll kneecap the rest of my squad. But the this the fact that, yeah, we're getting goals in this 5.5 to 6 million midfielder makes it so fun. Yeah. The aggravating thing is you can't have them all. And who's <laughs> going to be the one to get the goal that game week? I don't know. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. I mean, it's it's amazing how fast these, these sort of things start to trend, you know, four at the back, five at the back, uh, very big, very in vogue. And now we're starting to see value in this, this cheaper bracket. And it can be kind of like for like, right? I think like a six million defender and a six million midfielder, you can kind of get in the same returns there a little bit, you know, and it's, it is kind of, it's a little more fun, I think, to have a, uh, to have someone like Sabalos, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get. Like, is he going to, is he going to pop out with like a two goal, two assist game at some point, you know, like right. who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. So there, and I, oh, I like, ahead, I like this bracket too, just because uh, we're going to be talking more about playing three premium attackers. Once people start triggering their wild card and our game week one templates weren't, we weren't able to have 
a premium striker plus Sala and Sterling. But now that we're getting to this point where we're getting these budget midfielders, these budget attackers coming to the fore, it's going to be so much easier for us to figure out a way to bring in another premium attacker. So it's like, it's great. It's all bonus for us. Brendan Stewart says, are either of you looking to move Fraser, in my case, or Perez, in your case, for the cheaper Sabalos? And Brandon, I'm going to pause you there because I will also add, in, 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 instead of Sabalos, it can also be McGinn, Lanzini, Lamella, Mason Mount. How about a Cantwell? Okay. I dip down yeah, to that 4.5 yeah. range. Uh, what do you think, Brandon? Are you are you thinking about moving Perez? I mean, two two okay game weeks. Had a couple of moments today. Probably should have had an assist. Yeah, and Leicester do play. I mean, they play Sheffield in game week three. Is that a good fixture? Is it a bad fixture given Sheffield's defensive exploits? I don't know. Um, this is a, these types of moves, right? Are the ones that will always burn you, or the ones that have the least upside? They're so unsexy. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna trade. I'm gonna trade two to three points from Perez to get two to three points from another midfielder, with the hope, yeah, that that one I bring in actually scores a goal, yeah, and the hope that Perez doesn't. So. Can I work? I, I, as I said, Perez is one of the only guys in my squad that hasn't produced anything. And has he come close? Not as close as I'd like. Yeah. Like Che Adams at least had great chances against Liverpool of all teams. And Perez is uh, at, the po- at the point where we are. I would not be surprised to see Perez get rotated a little bit yep. just for Brendan Rodgers to try out something different in the attack. Yeah, I mean, Iniacho hasn't really gotten any minutes so far. He's a player that you could see. I think he's been to the bench both game weeks. Has he even played a minute? I don't think he has. So, yeah, you do wonder. I mean, it's funny because watching that match, as we were talking a second ago, I was thinking about how we all thought of a Jose Perez as, you know, oh, well, it's great because he's a midfielder, but he's an out-of-position forward. Uh, and then you watch this match and you're like, no, there is one forward on, <laughs> on Leicester, yeah. and that is Jamie Vardy. And everybody <laughs> is in service to Jamie Vardy. Uh, I mean, yep. you know, and if, and if there is a chance for Jose Perez to score – he like looks to Jimmy Farty first to make sure it's okay, right? Like there's like there's uh-huh. an alpha forward on that team. So I think some of that, like I, I just think he's a little less sexy after a couple of weeks too. There's this feeling like, okay, yeah, he is what we thought he was. He's fine. He's a talented player. I mean, the player who I, I you know coming out of that game is James Madison. And you're like, oh yeah, like Madison's the one I want. Yeah. You know, totally. All he over was the all over the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Perez uh, feels like. I mean, it's it's you never really know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how. Jota does tomorrow too because he's another player who's kind of in that bracket where you're like well like in theory I like having him <laughs> you know but mm-hmm. I is, is you know do I really believe in him or not I mean it's you know well, well this this could sound very funny depending on how, what, how he does tomorrow but like yeah it feels like uh sometimes you just have to like recognize that right off the bat that's how I felt with Delafeu after game week one where I was like oh yeah this isn't gonna work you know, like, I don't want, right. I don't want this guy <laughs> Like get him on my team. Like, yeah. so then how are you feeling about Ryan Fraser then? Uh, he's already out. He's gone. I moved him for, okay. I moved him for Cantwell. Uh, I, let's talk about Cantwell for a minute because he's an interesting player. Uh, he is a uh, Todd, Todd Cantwell, Brandon. Um, I know, I know his mother and father a little bit, Brandon, <laughs> so we can uh, get talk about that I a little know. bit. Todd is just such a funny. Uh, it. I, I don't want to. I don't. It's Todd a funny. Is a wonderful name. name. Come on, it's oh, funny. It feels very. Yeah. F- for us, it feels like a, per, a a young man from Michigan. The it's great. State my of best Michigan. friend growing up was Todd McKenzie. So yes, I, I yeah, definitely. It does not feel like a 
professional athlete <laughs> in the UK. No, it, it, it doesn't, uh, which I, I, I like that. Yeah, so Todd Cantwell, we should just call him Todd from now on on the podcast. So Todd uh, picked up two assists. Interesting player, uh, as I mentioned before, because he's well, so he's, he's four point five million, which is um, obviously like as cheap as it gets for a, for a midfielder. And he is now because of an injury to Oral Hernandez, or excuse me, Onel, Her- Onel Hernandez. Excuse me, uh, he is nice one. Yeah, thank you. I finally got it out there. Uh, he is basically alone in that uh, on that left flank. And uh, if you look at like a heat map for that game, he's playing really far forward, really attacking. So you have this this Norwich team that is that we have kind of established is, is going to attack. They may they may you know get outscored in some of these matches, but they're going to be shootouts in some cases, right? So uh, yeah. you got a couple of gunslingers up there, Brandon. Uh, so, yeah, you, right. so you you want a Todd in a situation like that? Obviously, Todd sounds like a gunslinger. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So I just I'm like. Let's do it. Let's bring in a Cantwell and uh, let's let's go for it. Uh, and um, I just love him as 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 value. And um, so I, I, I moved. Well, and Onel or Onel Hernandez is having knee surgery. It's right. not like it's three months. He's, he's got that spot locked down for a couple of weeks. No, it's like in perpetuity. Exactly. And and he actually started over him in game week one anyway. So it, you know he may have really had that spot down regardless. I think he's like twenty one years old, a young player. Uh, so there's not like a you know like a huge history of, of statistics behind him uh so yeah i just think he's an interesting player and i i you know it's like you were saying it wasn't very sexy and i thought well i could move the player that i was that i was considering um is mcginn uh who had a lot of nice moments in uh, aston villa's match yesterday like took a lot of uh um ambitious shots he does he he has that ruben nevis about him of course everyone will remember that goal he scored in the championship uh like that half yeah yeah no, no, I'm talking about the John McGinn goal. Oh, okay. Uh, that he he half volleyed from like a good forty yards out, post, uh-huh. postage stamped it. But he is a, a worldy type of a guy. But he does also crash into the box. Yep. There's lots lots to love about him, and boy, he'd fit right in on Norwich, that crazy attacking <laughs> team that is Norwich. I thought Jack Grealish had a really um, active game. A really, yeah, exactly. So. Villa isn't getting the same output that Norwich is after two weeks, but I think the potential is there. I mean, Mason Mount, too, the aggression that he showed in his uh, home debut for Chelsea against Leicester. Now they've got Norwich and Sheffield Wednesday coming up, followed by Wolves. There are three three players that are um, in in Mount, um, and then I think if you include Lanzini and Lamella, who are all kind of interesting, they're a little more expensive, right? They're all like in that six, six to six point five million range. I just don't trust any of those teams right now. I, I, I guess actually in Lamella's case, it's that I don't trust how he fits because uh, without without Son in that team right now, uh, without um, you know uh, what's his name, the the new signing for Spurs has hasn't really played that much. Or I think he just got his first minutes. Uh, Lo also got his first minutes yeah. um, in the in the Man City match. I think he only played five minutes. So we you know we don't really know how Lo and Lucas and Lamella and how everybody's going to fit together. And so that makes Lamella off the table for me. Yeah. Uh, and then Lanzini, I think, is a very talented player, but he he is injury prone, which is like a big strike against anybody I've tried to bring on my fantasy team. Uh, and that West Ham team is is a real question mark. I think. <laughs> Question mark is, I think, generous there, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, They there are some real stinkers out there to start the season. Palace is uh, probably the biggest disaster of all of yeah. them. Watching them against Sheffield, they were utterly clueless. 
Yeah. And Zaha didn't want to be there at all. Watford are an absolute mess. Yeah. And West Ham probably has the most potential if you're looking at those three teams, but they're still just they've had a whole season with Pellegrini and he hasn't been able to solidify them at all. Yeah. So it could be more of the same from West Ham this season. I know, and there's there's a lot of excitement about them, but it's it's hard to watch those first two matches. Now, granted, you know, one of them was Man City, and one of them was away to Brighton, which is actually it's funny that Brighton Man City was the match that you and I saw last year at the uh, oh, um, yeah. at the MX Stadium. Uh, so yeah, I mean that yeah, this is hard to walk away, even even given the caveats. You know, no one looks good against Man City, or I guess Spurs yeah. do sometimes. Um, that you know, like it's, but it's just hard to be excited about anyone on that team right now. All right, in the midfielder bracket, let's move away from the cheap guys. Let's uh, one last question about midfielders. Let's set set our sights a little higher here, Josh. Okay, well, Sparty wants Sparty wants to know: Is Sun an option between the two? Do you prefer KDB? Now, watching right. Spurs, Man City. It was clear who the best player on the pitch was. It was Kevin De Bruyne. He was just like full on Dragon Ball Z character, like yep. Super Saiyan mode. Yep. Um, insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. So if you said Sun versus KDB, I have already seen with my own two eyes that KDB looks great. Right. City, city look. I'm. I don't want to totally qualify my opinion on City just based on that Spurs fixture. I still think that they're the team to beat in the league. But uh, so there they are. How does Sun compete with KDB? I don't know if he does. No, I don't think he does either. And in fact, I was under the impression until like an hour ago that Sun cost $8.5 million. Uh, and then I realized he cost nine point five. I mean, which is not an unreasonable price by any means. But I mean, how do you compare – KDB and Sun right now. I mean, Sun probably won't even start uh, game week three, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. hasn't played. I mean, he. I'm sure he's been training with the team. I know he played with them in preseason, but does he slot right into that team after two competitive matches? I think he probably only gets like 25 minutes in that match. So yeah. that's a strike against him right there. Um, yeah, I mean, and then they play away to Arsenal, which isn't a bad fixture for Harry Kane, but for everyone else, I'm like a little nervous about being over invested. Uh, so, yeah, so I don't know. I'm not really feeling the sun. I'm, I, the the KDB thing. So I've been thinking about this KDB thing a little bit, and okay, I'm just I just think I'm not going to have him. And I guess that's just how it's going to be. And I hope so, I don't. Yeah, I hope it doesn't that, kill me. I, you can't have everybody, you know. And I yeah. just that's. I don't know how I can have all the players I want and still have KDB. And so I'm just going to go with that and and try to risk it. Yeah. I had many drafts going into game week one where I was trying to, I had three must haves on my attacking list and it was Sterling and Salah and Kane. And I also wanted De Bruyne. One of them had to be cut down and it was De Bruyne. Now that was my question for you is if part of your wildcard thinking was to also get De Bruyne in, but you are, if I know you, Josh, and I know mm-hmm. you, yes, you don't care for assists. You're you're all goals. All you're more well, of a Mane than a Sala. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, somebody um, was I was I was on a Slack conversation earlier with um, uh, with uh, with Mike, one of our uh, one of, Mike Mike Nidro is one of our Patreon supporters, and uh, he was asking me about. It. It was like, well, what do you think about dropping Sterling for KDB? And I was like, well, I don't want to drop the guy who's 
like he was scoring the goals for the guys who was for the guy who was assisting the guy who was scoring the goals, right? Even at the two point five million savings, I know that KDB outscored Sterling this game week, but in general, I I, I think Sterling is worth the extra two point five million. Um, yeah, I am an I am I am a goal guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know; it's worked <laughs> mm-hmm. out well. Like I don't know, like go for the goals. Like assists are nice, but you know, I don't know. It's like sometimes it can cost you for sure. I mean, it's like yeah. I, I don't get that like. Um, that like tectonic or whatever the word is. What's that? What's that word? Like just that like steady rhythm of points each game week. Um, okay. You know, but uh, metronomic metronomic, not tectonic. Thank you, Brandon metronomic. I'm not getting that metronomic return. Sometimes I'm going to get 18 points and often I'm going to get 1.3 game was three games in a row. And uh, that's, yeah. I'm okay with that, I guess. Yeah, I guess. All right. Yeah. All right. Which defenders flew under the radar in the preseason who got overlooked first and foremost, one of the weirder looking central defenders we've had in the league in a long time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Looks like the guessed, from would, Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have guessed that Soyunku is Turkish? Uh, yeah, because I've seen the spelling of his name, the proper mm-hmm. spelling with the Turkish accents. So, uh, yeah, he's interesting. You know, he, he arrived um, as a uh, deadline, I, don't, I think it was a deadline day deal um, going into the 2018 19 season. Um, sort of interesting player. I think he came in at four million last year. Maybe he actually even did get a couple of starts uh, near the end of last season. And uh, I mean, I don't know how to rate him yet. You know, yeah. um, you know, I, I, the Leicester's defense didn't have a. I guess they did okay, right? I mean, they only they kept Chelsea to a to a goal in that match, but. Um, I, I, you they, know, obviously they were the, getting pummeled for a good 30 minutes to start that match, though. Totally. It was kind of a miracle they only let one goal in. Yeah, yeah. And now they're about to play Man United, Everton, and Chelsea in three of their next four. So, oh, wait, no, that's 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 Wolves. Jeez, Brand come, Josh. Come on, man. Come on. Leicester, Leicester coming up. They've got Sheffield, Bournemouth, then right. uh, United, Spurs, Newcastle, Liverpool. It's like I, I think we were looking at their fixtures with somebody at the Black Horse, and it was – noted i think it was our friend leo who noted like lester don't have a like a solid patch of good mm-hmm. fixtures <laughs> throughout the entire season yeah like it's yeah. only like two fixtures at a time that look genuinely like mouth-watering so you know, this is so, just it's the story southampton has the same thing you look at their their whole season and there's like no there's like barely any good runs of fixtures it's a funny it's a weird thing yeah so um yeah i i, I like the idea of well, I guess my Lewis Dunk transfer shows my hand in that I'm coming around on the idea that hey, central defense, cheap center backs aren't all bad. Sure. Why yeah. do we Why do we have to have all these uh, fancy fancy wingers all the sure. time? I, Who's got the money? <laughs> I don't have the money, <laughs> and um, I think center backs just they seem to be decent places to go for bonus at the moment. Uh, that's true it's, it's one way to play yeah and it's funny that you say that because uh, i think the the team the the team that has really impressed they impressed in game week one uh and continue to impress um is sheffield united and i think that their defense is a real uh defense to watch i mean obviously you have you have lundstrom who is the four yeah. million you know goal scorer bonus point picker upper uh clean sheet keeper uh mm-hmm. in game week two um you know, owned by 9.6% of managers. And he's on a lot of benches. I know he's going to come off a few of them, but a lot of people didn't actually start him this game week. Yeah. Uh, so you say you goodbye to your, your game week rank is going to go down a fair amount if you don't have Lundstrom coming off your bench, uh, as as many other do. Many others yeah. do. Yeah. Not many. I feel like it's, it's the people, a lot of people who seem to have um, 
uh what's his name the chelsea midfielder uh whose name i'm forgetting right now for some reason um uh, Jorginho? Uh, no ross barkley i feel ross like Bar- barkley is a player who a lot of people have uh and he didn't play this game week and so a lot of people are getting it um lundstrom as a result of barkley not playing were there any other who are, like, you? Major who are you people out there with ross barkley show yourself <laughs> were there a lot of other people like i feel like most players did start this game week who you expect right we're not going to see that many people come on or like Den Docker come up that many benches, is he? Like it's it's that's only gonna be a handful. I think the tricky ones would be the people who got on Allaire at West Ham sure, really yep. early and he was yep. uh, surprised to not start, so he could be one. Yeah. Um I don't know. They they kind of pop pop up out of the woodwork. Yeah. But yeah, the Sheffield United defense is that that does look like a great rotating defense. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need a cheat, if you need to fill out your bench, right, maybe you have, you, you have Martin Kelly, or you also, you just took a flyer on somebody like Gilbert, who you thought was going to start for a lower rung defense and they're not there. You yep. could just move to Sheffield United. They're going to be good to bring in for decent fixtures. Always a clean sheet shot there. It seems that way anyway. So I do like that. And the, the overlapping center backs that everyone's talking about, we have actually seen that in action. They are actually overlapping out on the wing, these center it's backs. So. Pretty cool. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't have an awesome run coming up. Uh, they, they play Chelsea. Well, they, the two of the next three are fine. I think they, they Leicester and Southampton at home in three and five, but then uh, it, it's a tricky run from there. Everton and Watford away, Liverpool and Arsenal at home. Uh, West Ham away even after that is a bit tricky. So um, it, I don't know. But like again, like if you're going to bring in some Sheffield United players, I mean, I have uh, Dean Henderson as, as my rotating keeper with Pope. And uh, I, I do like the way uh, those two rotate more or less. The game before is a bit of a problem. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that if you're going to bring one of those players, it, even Henderson for me is not going to be an every week starter, you know. And so it's sort of like, yeah, bring in a Chris Basham and make him your fifth defender and then, uh, you know, you can move on. Yeah, right. Uh, what about Burnley? I see you made a note here on Eric Peters, who had two assists in game week one with the clean sheet. Right. Burnley, they look strong to start the season. And yep. they've got some decent options. I myself am, in, am on Matt Loughton, which mm-hmm. uh, he looks decent. Very getting very far forward, uh, far enough forward to get in getting fights with the opposing team defense. I was very concerned <laughs> that Loughton was going to walk away with the yellow card at the end of at the end of that match this weekend, but yeah. Yep. How do you decide between Peters and Loughton? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Peters has only been on the team for two weeks. He does seem like he's more attacking and he costs the same. So um, I guess I'd go with him. I, I, I was surprised that Taylor lost his spot, but um, I guess, um, I don't know. Maybe they like what, what Peters offers from an attacking perspective. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's rotatable. I don't, I don't you know, rotation prone, but um seems like, that a really nice start, so I feel pretty good about Peters. If I, was, if I was picking one on a wild card, I'd pick Peters. There's something about Eric Peters, and it's probably because he plays for Stoke, and I assume that anyone who plays for Stoke is, like, pushing 42 years old. But <laughs> to see him in a Burnley kit, suddenly he looks, like, five years younger. He's only 31 years old, so he's not some sort of um, old codger. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, think, I think just... Whether it's Nick Pope, and I think there are a lot of people out there that would make the case that Pope is the best way into this Burnley defense, given his like insane shop stopping ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
but yeah, these they have proper fullbacks there that should catch your interest. Brandon, one last player to talk about, one goalkeeper to talk about. Um, it's Jordan Pickford. Uh, Stavro says, Pickford, 14 clean sheets to finish last season, many against the top six teams, completely ignored by everyone. I don't know if I go that far. Uh, till now, and assuming their defense suddenly is bad, uh, their new defensive midfielder, uh, Gabamin, Gabamin? Uh, is nice, I nice try. I don't Thank know. Thank you. Uh, is solid, and Mina versus Zuma is not that much different. Mina's actually looked good the first two matches. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think? A double up on Everton, or maybe just Pickford by himself? Well, I. It's an interesting question, and I I had teased this earlier in the pod, right? Talking about who suddenly has the best looking defenses in the league, and on paper, if you look at. Coleman, Keane, Mina, Dean, and Pickford in goal. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty sensational on-paper defense. Same with Manchester United. Suddenly it's AWB, Maguire, Lindelof, who's probably been sold short by his back line in previous seasons, Mm -hmm. and Luke Shaw. I might say the same to Hay and goal. I really like this Everton defense, uh, given all that, but... If you have to choose, it has to be Coleman or Dean because while I was while I was talking up this idea of trying to chase bonus points with center backs, you do have the elite level fullbacks, which Everton does have. And yep. just looking at what Dean has has done last season, what he did, that ball he played to Bernard oh, for beautiful. that goal was yeah. just like chef's kiss. Uh it really was. I I, I 5.5, right? That and that's that's the deal breaker for me. If Pickford were 5.0, then maybe I think you could justify for budgetary reasons doubling he, up on Everton D, but he's 5.5. Yeah. I I know. It does it does make a big difference. Uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean I'd like to do it too, but yeah, Dean unless Dean has some serious massive injury, um he's I mean he we're 2 weeks in he's already the leading defender in terms of the points in the season and he might stay there, you know. I mean, he might. This, 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 this might be his like, you know, um, Marcus Alonso kind of season, right? I mean, the team is probably better than they were last year, um, or I his Leighton Baines season, yeah, or his Leighton Baines type season. You know, he had four goals and five assists and thirteen clean sheets last year, um, hundred fifty eight points. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he kicked on even further, you know, one hundred seventy five or something like that down the season. So, um, yeah, so we're. Uh, we ended up talking about him instead of Pickford, but yeah, I think that uh, Pickford, um, yeah, I'm with you. He's just, he's slightly too expensive, but we probably did overlook him a little bit, but uh, he's not anyone I'm like dying to bring in. Yeah. All right. So players we overlooked, I'm sure we still overlooked a few. So if you have any in mind, just uh, add us at Twitter or uh, on Facebook and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, But in the meantime, Josh, shall we take a quick break and come back with a lightning round? Let's do do it. It's a Liverpool lightning round. Ooh, yeah. I've heard of Liverpool. They're good. They're quite good. (laughs) Brandon, if shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel. Oh, I wish I had one of those right now, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Travel blade cover. Uh, you get all that for just $3. Ship right to your door. Enough with the low-quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. 
Uh, Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders are tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. I agree. I hate buying razors. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's making quality blades for 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in a discreet package right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to roman.com slash bluewire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash bluewire for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash bluewire. All right, Brandon, we're back. We have a special short Liverpool lightning round. Nervous Ned says, is it too soon to ditch the double Liverpool defense? Yeah, I I don't think so. I don't think it's too soon. I think there's money. There's gold in them, their hills with Liverpool's defense. And mm-hmm. it's two clean sheet wipeouts in two. I don't think, I mean, Liverpool's defense isn't suddenly bad. They're still elite level. And there are things that every single, well, at least the three ownable players offer you. VVD right. with his his clean sheets and goal threat, and then the two fullbacks for obvious reasons. But I think now it's it's sort of like what I was saying about finding these budget options to be able to then move into a three premium attacker model for your team. Um, I think we're not you. You may now need more money, and mm-hmm. Liverpool is where you could get that. So yeah, the double defense. It's, it's is it too rich or is it just bad i'm i'm not sure either way i think it's yeah. it's fine to ditch at this point in time i don't mind having i still have i have two i have trent and i have van dyke it is you know it's a tricky thing i mean they they would have kept back-to-back clean sheets most likely if uh adrian didn't exist you know um oh, wow. a, sick burn on adrian man. <laughs> i don't mean like didn't exist in the in the in the in the liverpool squad you know, not not existing yeah. human being. You know, that's I, a, I will say I completely say forgot in that moment the horrible mistake he made to gift Danny Ings that <laughs> oh, goal on Saturday. That has been so. incredibly mean. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I was I'm just kidding a little bit. But, yeah, he did. Um, I mean, he also, like, conceded the penalty in the uh, – and like the the reason most all probably didn't score that goal, Brandon, is because they had to go to 120 minutes uh, at midweek mm. because of the bad <laughs> penalty uh, that Adrian conceded in their Super Cup match at midweek too. So, yeah, I think um, 
it's they don't look like they're like syncing up very well together right now. I mean, I guess there was some attempt maybe to uh, to to bring back Matip and get the gang back together or something in game week two. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know, really, you know. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it, it does feel a little um like maybe you don't need both. The problem is you need you probably do need Van Dyke. Um, because he's 52.3% owned. It's a very high ownership percentage. If, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Maybe the – is he the most highly owned player in the game? He's got to be up there. I guess Salah's probably right up there as well, right? He's 50. Salah's yeah. only 43. Uh, may have been higher before this week. I wonder if some people were selling him for Vermont or possibly even Sterling. Um, yeah, so I think uh, Van Dyke is hard to drop. So then it's a question of, of Trent versus reinvesting that money elsewhere. And – when I think about wildcarding, one of the reasons I would want to do it is because I, I could move Trent to a 5.5 million Man United defender, and I would still be kind of doing the coverage thing, right? Because mm-hmm. instead of a highly owned um, Liverpool defender, I'd have a highly owned Man United defender. And then I would also have an extra 1.5 million that I could use to upgrade Leitner or whomever to McGinn, you know? And suddenly my team just feels better. It just That just feels like a better, you know kind of spread of money in my squad so so that's that's sort of tempting you know um so I, I don't know i feel like um i probably am ready to drop them too i i've already i've already burned four this game week i'm certainly not going to burn eight uh if i was in a position where i was going to burn eight i would just wild card um i did bring in harry Kane for callum wilson i guess i never actually mentioned that but i, I moved uh fraser to cantwell and i moved uh uh, Wilson to Kane. I was uh, some price rises were were imminent and, and drops, and so I, I sort mm-hmm. of went ahead and did that just to, just to get out ahead of it. So um, yeah, I mean, so I think that that answers that question. Uh, this is lightning. Yeah, round, well, right? I, I have a I have a follow up though uh, sure. that we can treat as a lightning round question. If we're getting the yeah. band back together with Matip, Van Dyke, Rabo, and um, Trent, mm-hmm. who plays who plays drums, <laughs> who plays lead guitar, who plays backing guitar, and who plays bass. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. I feel question. like Mat, Mat, Matip is definitely the bass player, right? Yeah, yeah. Although I think you can make a case for Robertson as well. Uh, maybe Robertson is the singer. No, Van Dyke is the singer, right? He's like the Van Joey Dyke is Ra- singer the, and lead guitar for he's sure. The J- yeah. Joey Ramone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Trent, I think, is the is the lead guitarist. I think that he's the one who's or like he's doing rhythm guitar, right? Okay. He's, you know, he's and then so Robbo's on drums. I guess Rabo's on drums. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, I guess that's where it he is. Sounds like a great band. Uh, I, I'm excited to hear their I next album. I think you could put Matip on drums and you could have Rabo do the bass. I think that there's, there's a case we made for Rabo on the bass too. Okay. It's kind of a okay. bass player style. All right. Next question comes from TRPLR thoughts on Mane versus Sala. Yeah. Mane looked great against Southampton. He is uh He's a goal scorer, Josh. That's what he does. Yeah, you look at he is. the big difference between Salah and Mane last season. They both scored twenty-two goals, but Mane only had three assists, whereas Salah, I think, had twelve assists. So yeah. that was like the, the huge dis- discrepancy in FPL points. That's why Salah was so far ahead of Mane. So Mane is—he's got a one-track mind. He goes for goal. But he's very good at it. Is it worth saving one million though to give up on? Mo Salah, who has been two years running the highest FPL point scorer? I don't know. Um, I don't like to, to say that I don't know because that feels like a total punt. And why do we have this podcast? I'm never going to answer that way. But it feels it feels too soon to tell if I can punt a little bit. If I can punt it down the road a couple of weeks, 
I honestly don't know. I mean, the million dollars would be a nice savings, but if I did that, I would be doing it just to save the million. I feel like I wouldn't be doing it because I really feel in my heart that money is a better fantasy asset than Sala. Um, you know, well, let, so <clears throat> let me put it to you this way. If you saw a manager out there move Sala to Mane this week, would you be like, whoa, 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 buddy, slow down. You're making a big mistake. Or would you say, oh, okay. Cause I feel like I'd be in the, huh, okay camp. Yeah, I guess I would be too. Um, and I guess I'm still uh, worried about the, the, the Sala ownership, 43%. It's uh, it's pretty high. Um, I think, you know, he can really hurt you if he does well. I mean, this, he's only like a week removed from being, you know, far and away the most captain player of the game. I think he was the most captain player of this game week as well. Right. So, I mean, hugely owned. Um, I don't know. And, and Mane is like 16% owned. So, um, He's not going to hurt you, really, if he does anything big. At least, at least yet, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to bring in. Uh, I'm not going to make that move myself. Even on a wild card, I think I would hold on to Sal, even though it'd be tempting to move to Mane. Right. Of course, the one guy we haven't talked about, we could throw him in the overlooked players uh, section. But yeah. Bobby Firmino. Yep. Yep. Uh, no thanks. I don't know. I mean, he's <laughs> he's a great player, but I don't want him. Do you want him? Do you want do you want for me now? No, I don't. Uh <clears throat> it's just a it's just a terrible price for my man for Mino. Yeah. Was he I think it was two seasons ago, he was eight point five, and that it was his first season as a forward, and it worked. Yeah. It worked for everybody. We all yeah. had a good time. But it's not working right now, particularly when I will, I I want to be invested in Liverpool's midfield and defense without any doubt. <laughs> he's he's such a great player and he seems like a great guy. And it's like he's almost like too nice of a guy. You know, it's like it feels like he'll always if there's any chance that he can find someone namely Salah or Mane to pass the ball to, you know, like if they have a 3% better chance of scoring, he's always going to do it, right? Uh yep. and it's just it's he's sort of, you know, he's just a he's a beautiful player, but it's not he's not like really what I want in a fantasy asset. Yeah, he's kind of the opposite of what you were saying about Jamie Vardy. He's he's right. just the ultimate team player. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, so here yeah. I, see, I see on the running order you've uh, created a whole thirty-minute segment for us to talk about Jordan Henderson, which is great. <laughs> Maybe we just table that for next sure. week, though. Let's do and it and move on to the game week three preview. Let's do it. Uh, game week three kicks off on Friday with uh, Aston Villa Everton. An interesting match. Um, I don't know if it'll be a good match or not, but an interesting match. Uh, what what stands out to you in game week three? Uh, are there any matches that you're really excited about? Anything you really, um, you know, you're starting to prematurely get that popcorn bowl up, Brandon? Maybe you've uh, <laughs> you've taken the popcorn out of the bag of the set of three popcorns, you yeah. know, and you've unwrapped it from the plastic case. <laughs> Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite Arrested Development jokes, the pop secret gag that they had. Uh, you remember that one? No, where, uh, I don't. Where uh, who's who's the brother who's kind of subnormal? Um, Buster Job. Buster Buster mm-hmm. realizes that his dad is actually his uncle or something like that. And anyway, we're totally getting sidetracked. Those of you who know the pop secret joke know it and they love it. Okay, I'll For me. It. Yep. My pop secret game of the week has got to be Liverpool hosting Arsenal because Arsenal have been getting away with it the first two weeks. They had an an amazing transfer window over the summer. Mm -hmm. They're doing the best they can with this squad that didn't that that kind of blew championship 
uh, Champions League qualification. And this will be a real test for them. And I guess it's a test for Liverpool as well. But uh, I just want to see how Arsenal come at Liverpool at Anfield. It could be fun. I think it'll be fun too. Um, I think Liverpool are going to smoke them. I think they. Uh, I think it's like a four-one win or something like that. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting match. Um, I am also looking forward to that. I, I just love that the the final match on Saturday. It's a twelve o'clock fixture here in the U.S. It is. Yeah. I don't know why, but th- th- there's like no bad match for me at that time. Like even even the bad ones, I look forward to. It's like the the yeah. sun is at its highest peak of the day you know it's just like it's i'm just always in a good mood when that match is on uh i i think um yeah what else stands out to me spurs newcastle is an interesting match uh just because i'm curious just how bad newcastle is like are Mm -hmm. we in a position now where you want to be captaining players who play newcastle because they're new like i don't know you know i mean you know they only lost one nil at home in game week one so i don't want to go too overboard here um they they did look terrible way to norwich um, and look like they had like no attack. And Joe Linton, man, oof, did not have a. Uh, he was getting kicked all <laughs> over the pitch. That that was. He was like he spent more time in the ground than he did uh, running yeah. around. He'd spent too much time watching Wesley play for Aston Villa. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. A captaincy. It would have to be between Sterling and Harry Kane. So you brought in Harry Kane. Uh, did you bring him in with the the sole purpose of captaining this well, man? I th- I, oh, I, I think I think Salah is also a great captain shout uh, this weekend. Uh, I mean, I don't okay. I don't trust that Arsenal defense. I don't think they're I don't think they're that good. Um, I mean, they're maybe a little bit better now with Louise, but like they haven't played together at all. Like I, it just this idea that like persists. And I'm, I'm not saying you're saying this, but a lot of people seem to think that like you can just take four people. And if they're talented, you, you know, you just throw them together in a back line and suddenly they're a good defense, you know? And I just don't think like there's like, there haven't been like any reps with any of the Arsenal defenders. It's like, it's just like all over the place, like all of these different players. And so, you know, I just don't really like, I'm not feeling it right now with, uh, with the Arsenal okay. defense. And so I think that Liverpool really could uh, put up a, a crooked number in this match. Yeah. yeah. That said, I am leaning towards Kane. I think that Kane is, um, uh, an almost irresistible captain, uh, you know, for this big kind of featured match uh, against Newcastle. What do you think? Yeah, I do. Yeah, my bus team, I have Harry Kane captain as well. I think I have zero respect for Bournemouth's defense. So the I think the temptation to go with Raheem Sterling for me is far greater than Mo Salah. But I hear what I definitely hear what you're saying about Arsenal's defense. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how I'd rate them right now heading into the week is Kane first, then Sterling, then Salah. This is fun because we're going to have a real, like, it, it could be a really swingy game, Rick, because I think you can make a strong case for all three of those players. Yeah, and, you right. know, and Sergio, talk about under-the-radar players. Sergio Aguero, man, like, I know he, like, well, now I guess we'll see what happened now that he's, he's fighting with Pep or whatever. But mm-hmm, uh, yeah, Mommy but, and Daddy are fighting. But, yeah, I mean, if they're going to get, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, VR is going to help them more than hurt them this season. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I do. I still feel like, uh, Guerrero is the, uh, uh, semi-permanent starting forward. In right. That team. Right. I think one of the most intriguing FPL, uh, strictly FPL fixtures, sorry to all you Brighton, Southampton, actual real life fans out there, but to see how Brighton look against Southampton, another great test of all of Brighton's, uh, fun assets that are coming to the fore, 
Yeah, I mean, Chassard could really blow up if he has another uh, big match uh, in that Southampton game. Um, yeah, I think uh, Man United Crystal Palace, I'm a little nervous about having anybody, any players in that game. Um, as you said earlier about Palace, they are off to a, an awful start. Kind of funny because, I mean, they got all this money from the uh, the, the the sale of Aaron Juan Basaka. And it, it doesn't really feel like they like kind of threw it all back into their team, does it? Like that team does not feel fundamentally any different than it did i mean i guess they got gary cahill on a free like is that <laughs> is that it like was there anything they did uh, can they got they brought in camarasa who uh who i like um i mean they still have benteke and connor wickham and jordan Ayo up front i mean none of those players are good so it's like a i don't know it's a weird thing yeah i i don't get it i don't understand it i don't want to understand it it nope. just it you just want to move on it's like Sounds like a bad movie. It sounds like a movie that got bad reviews. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to see it. I'm not even going to rent it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, maybe they'll improve. They had kind of a bad start to the season last year. So maybe it'll, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll turn around. You know, we'll see. How about the how about the battle of who could care less between Watford and West Ham? That, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Watford have uh, had a rough, rough start to the year for sure. So, yeah. Uh, right. yeah. And you, you're still a big, you love Jerry D though, Brandon. I'm surprised, you know. I uh, <laughs> Just uh, the way you were talking with him yesterday, I was like, wow, Brandon really loves this guy. Yeah. Well, what can I say? What did I say about him? Like, I just love his whole freewheeling attitude. I think that's what it was. That, uh, your exact words, if I remember. Uh-huh. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I was probably talking about somebody else, but that's fine. <laughs> so that is game week three. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like the spread. I like there's no Monday match. Uh, this has been your podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you'd like to support the podcast and uh, get some free stuff at the same time, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we also have some producer thank yous this week, Brandon. Uh, I'll just read them off because I'm uh, I'm just going. Uh, You're in the pocket. Go. That's, that's right. Paul Hertzig, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stan Niehaus, Kaja Christine Lelang, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kean Gransky, Dave Odenlodal, Danny Evans, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penjaz, Benny, Christian Carter, Babos Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Debate Gaffer, Trevor Angerson, Brian T, Nick Costello, Jim Payne, Anna Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DiPietro, who we met in person this weekend. It was great. Nice to meet you, Mike. You're an awesome dude, and you secretly paid the tab, which uh, I'm still kind of annoyed about. That was a <laughs> bold move. Amazing, amazing move. Yes. It was impressive. Very yes. smooth. Also, also props to Stephen Gabe, who we also met at the Black Horse. Thanks for saying hello, guys. Remember to rate and review and subscribe to Always Cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever it is that fine podcasts are made available to you. Follow us on Twitter at hell cheaters, Instagram at hell cheaters, facebook.com slash always cheating. Send us an email, hell cheaters at gmail.com for all this information and more, including the always cheating online shop where you can buy our cool third IFC t-shirt. Go to always cheating.com. And now for what you've all been waiting for all of our new patrons, you get shout outs. I'll start with the Volkswagen level Patreon members. Thank you to Matthew Goland, James Conroy, and at the Lord Sorloff tier, Sebastian Lewander, Colin Willemson, Tim McCarthy, Iman, Tim Broughton, Stephen Barrow, Nigel Henze, David Z- Zanek, Shane O'Sullivan, Danny Boyle. Oh, my God. The famous film director, Danny Boyle, is now on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oivan Peterson, Willie L., Matt, William Rossiter, Colin Schatz, Evan Tan, and Sean Scott. Thank you to you. To all of you guys, Josh, round it out with the tier of the week, the, the Pookie, Pookie Patron. 
Stephen Walsh, thank you. Arland Krasnicki, uh, Robbie Miners, Sportsbits, Jovan Dragasevich, Alistair Wolf, and Adam English. Thank you to all of our new Puka patrons, all of our new patrons, and our producer patrons, and everyone who just flat out does not support the podcast and just (laughs) (laughs) but listens to the podcast every week which is the most important thing thank you for listening to the podcast see you next week hail cheaters Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.